Hey friends, and welcome to episode 17 of It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. I'm your host, Anna Dearman Gornick, and while I would never encourage anyone to live their whole life in default mode, today's episode is all about putting yourself on autopilot during certain points in your day. But we're talking about autopilot with intention. And yes, that's a thing. For about half of you, the word routine is probably music to your ears. You love the comfort and predictability of a good routine, workflow, or system. For others, you're probably thinking, ugh, routine? Boring. I like to live life with creativity and have room for spontaneity. And then if you're like me, you like a little bit of both. So in today's episode, I'm talking about the difference between habits and routines, the five must-have routines that you need in your life now, and how to design a routine that will actually stick. In fact, I've got a free exclusive workbook waiting for you over in the show notes to help you design those five routines that I talk about in this episode. Y'all, this is a seriously good download. We're talking 14 pages that will hold your hand and walk you through the step-by-step of setting yourself up for success. Head over to abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 17 to get your hands on this awesome workbook. And if you haven't yet, I encourage you to click that subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes and surprise bonus episodes go live. And if you like what you hear, I would be so grateful for your review. Your reviews play a huge role in helping others find It's About Time in the search results. And you know I like to give shout outs and episodes. So this week I'm giving a shout out to Melstel11. Melcell11 was so kind to leave a five-star rating and review in iTunes for It's About Time. Melcell11 writes, Finally, a relatable resource for those of us who have been constantly wearing that busy badge for far too long. Melcell11, thank you so much for your kind review. You know I am all about banning busy as a badge of honor, and I'm so glad that the examples and encouragement in It's About Time are a big help. All right, it's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. My senior year of high school, I was captain of my high school's dance line, the Toy Tigers. In all of my years, I have come across some interesting dance team names, the Spinnakers, the Carmelettes, the Bluebells, 
but I have never come across another dancing group called the Toy Tigers. Whenever they named the team, I am honestly not sure if they were going for miniature versions of tigers, kind of like toy poodles, or maybe they meant toy like a kid's toy. Either way, we were the Toy Tigers, and as captain my senior year, I was given a special whistle and the creative license to choreograph our halftime high kick routines. I'd spend the weekend thinking through kick combinations, sketching out formations, and designing interesting transitions. And then on Monday, I taught the routine to the squad during Dance Line PE. We'd practice all week and then perform on the 50-yard line under the Friday night lights of Stokes Walker Stadium. Like our alma mater says, it was in the forest above the bayous where the tigers play. <laughs> now here's the annoying part. Even though I showed up to Monday practice with a pretty clear vision of the dance routine, I almost always changed things up as I went along. And I'm pretty sure it drove the team crazy. So that basically meant that I'd teach a section of the dance, the team would learn it, and then they'd perform that section and I would watch. But then whenever I actually saw my vision in action, I didn't always like it. It wasn't how I thought it would look when I pictured it in my head or there wasn't enough time in the music to get from one transition to the next, and it just ended up a jumbled mess. So I'd make some adjustments to the choreography right there in practice. We'd try version two, and sometimes three or four, until we had a routine in place with perfect timing that had smooth transitions and hit all the high points in the music. And speaking of music, my favorite routines that year were to Build Me Up Buttercup and You Shook Me All Night Long. <laughs> Putting together halftime kick line routines with sequins, red lipstick, and high ponytails aren't all that different from creating the routines we use in our day-to-day -day lives. We start with a picture in our head of how we want it to go. We give it a shot and either it works or it doesn't. You have to make changes and tweak the routine until it works. And you have to be intentional about what you include to make sure that your timing is right and that you hit all the high points. And just like our halftime routines, it takes practice to make them stick. So don't worry, I'm not gonna blow my toy tiger whistle at you and make you do 100 high kicks to warm up for this episode. Here's what we'll do instead. First, we'll talk about the difference between habits and routines. Then, I'll share the five routines you need in your life ASAP. And to wrap it up, I'll tell you exactly how you can design a routine and make it an easy breezy, natural part of your life. Here we go. Habits and routines. They're kind of like cousins. Similar, but different. A habit is an action we do often in a regular or repeated way. Back in episode 11, I dedicated a whole episode to starting habits that stick and kicking the bad ones. So if you're looking for more on habits, make sure you check out episode 11. 
But in a nutshell, a habit starts with a cue or a trigger that causes you to take an action. And then that action is followed by a reward. A routine, on the other hand, is a regular way of doing things in a particular order. Routines are often created with intention and can become habit with practice and repetition. And once a routine becomes a habit, your busy brain requires less energy to process the information it needs to move through each step in your routine. This frees up brain space to focus on more important decisions. A step-by-step process or a workflow that you might use at work is a type of routine. You're performing the same steps in the same order every time to reach a desired outcome. Okay, I'm going to tell you kind of an embarrassing secret. So a few years ago, I started listening to podcasts on a Bluetooth speaker while I was in the shower. Gretchen Rubin's Happier Podcast was my first favorite podcast, and I would get so lost in her conversations with her sister Elizabeth that I would reach a point in my shower when I couldn't remember if I washed my hair or not. I felt like I was losing my mind, so I would wash it again just in case. (laughs) After this happened too many times than I would like to admit, I started making myself go through the steps of taking a shower in the same order every time. First, I'd wash my face. Then, I'd wash my hair. Next, I'd apply conditioner, then shower gel, shave my legs, rinse conditioner, the end. And now, that routine is totally on autopilot so I can get lost in my thoughts or a podcast without having to wash my hair twice. So either that sounded totally insane to you or you washed your hair twice this morning and you're thinking, where has a shower routine been all my life? (laughs) And while a shower routine is definitely a good one to have, it's not necessarily one of the top five must-have routines that you need to make your life and your work run more smoothly, efficiently, and intentionally. So let's take it from the top with number one your morning routine. Your morning routine gets the obvious first spot on the list. We already know that the way you start your day sets the tone for the rest of your day. And your morning is also an ideal time for personal development. So many effective leaders and super successful business owners carve out time for reading personal development books, or spiritual devotions, meditation, prayer, affirmations, visualization, and exercise. Putting these important but not urgent items at the top of your day ensures that they're tackled before the unpredictability of our days sets in. Before Camilla was born, I had this amazing morning routine that started with prayer and meditation, journaling, and a visualization and affirmation practice. And if that sounds weird to you, Oprah does it. So, I mean, if you want to call Oprah weird, then that's on you. (laughs) So now that Camilla is over a year old, I've revisited that routine exactly twice since she was born, which is proof that sometimes you just have to tweak and find what works best for you in different seasons of life. 
I'm actually really excited to do a deep dive into morning routines in episode 21 of It's About Time. So get excited for much more to come on how to have your best morning ever coming soon in just two weeks. The second spot on the top five routines list goes to your evening routine. An evening routine or bedtime ritual can include habits that help you wind down from a busy day and prep for tomorrow. For example, Ariana Huffington, co-founder of the Huffington Post and author of The Sleep Revolution and Thrive, shuts off her electronic devices 30 minutes before bedtime. A self-care or beauty routine could fit into this part of the day too. Often, you'll find that activities that are typically lumped into an evening routine, such as choosing tomorrow's outfit, could be batched and instead handled on Sunday evening prior to the start of the work week. You could choose one outfit each evening or knock out five outfits on Sunday. The evening routine at our house is more like a collection of mini routines or milestones. Our first mini routine happens the second we get home. The moment Camilla and I walk in the door after daycare, I immediately unpack her backpack, repack it for the next day, and hang it on her hook by the back door. That saves us from running around or forgetting something the next morning. Then things are kind of open. We do whatever. Maybe I'll put Moana on for the 478th time while we play with toys, or we'll go for a walk in the neighborhood if the weather's nice, or my husband Scott and I will eat an early dinner. But our next mini routine starts at 6.30 with Camilla's bath time routine. 6.30 is a really important milestone in our evening because we've made the decision to be consistent with her bath time, sippy cups, storybooks, and bedtime. So we found that we've got the best odds of a full, uninterrupted night's sleep if we stick to this schedule. After she's tucked in bed, Scott and I will do some combination of eating dinner, watching Netflix, or some house project, like maybe folding laundry. The next milestone comes at 9 p.m., You know I try really hard not to work in the evenings, but if I have my laptop out for any reason, maybe I'm online shopping or reading articles or whatever, regardless, it's always closed by nine o'clock on the dot and I start getting ready for bed. I don't have any kind of regimented beauty routine before bed or, and I don't really get ready for bed in any particular order. Um, I honestly just have a collection of skincare products that I choose from like a buffet based on how I feel in the moment. But then comes the last mini routine. Before I get in bed, I plug my phone into charge on a table across the room from where I sleep. Then I get in bed, write in my sentence a day journal, and then I read for 10 to 15 minutes. Right now, I'm reading Ask by Ryan Levesque, if you're curious, and I'll link to it in the show notes if you're interested. So as you can see from our example, your evening routine doesn't have to look like an entire evening of doing one thing after the other like a robot with no flexibility. I mean, unless you want it to look like that, which is completely up to you. 
Instead, you can use milestones with mini routines to hit the high points and create open space in between for doing what you want. Structure, flexibility, structure, flexibility, structure, sleep. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, in all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. Third on the list of must-have routines, your workday startup routine. This is the work version of your morning routine. The workday startup routine helps you transition from a frazzled commute into a working rhythm by repeating the same steps each day before digging into work. Creating a workday startup routine pairs mental boundaries with physical activities that send a signal to your brain that it's time to get down to business. Work from home? Even better. When your commute is from your bedroom to your kitchen table or your kitchen to your home office, the boundaries between work and home or work while traveling are often blurry. That's when a workday startup routine is more important than ever because you're creating a mental environment for yourself to prep for focus time. Your workday startup could include writing down the five goals you're working toward in a notebook, or writing down three things you're thankful for, turning on your laptop, opening up your calendar, logging into your project management software, maybe something like Trello, Asana, or Basecamp, identifying your top three priorities for the day, 
and then writing your top three priorities plus the rest of your day's to-do list on a paper planner. Or it could just look like writing down three things you're thankful for and digging in. It doesn't have to be anything complicated and the simpler, the better. Because if it's complicated, you're not going to want to stick to it. And if this routine sounds familiar, it's because I talked about creating a workday startup routine as well as the fourth must-have routine you need in your life, the workday shutdown routine, back in episode five, which was all about how to create more structure in your workday. Just like the workday startup, the workday shutdown in the number four spot helps you wrap up your day in a structured way so you can start fresh the next morning and be present with your family and friends during your downtime. You know, we often joke that we have too many tabs open in our brain. So this routine literally closes your tabs so you and your computer have an opportunity to rest, recharge, and attack tomorrow refreshed and ready to go. Again, it's pairing a physical activity like closing your tabs, closing your laptop, or turning off your monitor that becomes a mental signal to turn off work brain for a little while. Like Mr. Rogers walking into his house and taking off his outside shoes and putting on his inside shoes, he's pairing a physical activity that mentally prepares himself for the rest of his evening. And for my work from home listeners, there are so many creative ways to implement a shutdown routine so you can have a successful commute from your desk to your sofa. A few ideas. If you have a home office with a door, turn off the lights and close the door. If your desk is in your bedroom or a common area, try using your clothing as a signal, Mr. Rogers style. My friend Katie has a cozy cardigan that she only wears while she's working. So she takes it off when she clocks out and puts on something else. You can also end the day by writing in a gratitude journal and closing the journal as your final signal that you're done for the day. Experiment and find something that works for you and be consistent. And now, in the number five spot, the fifth must-have routine that you need ASAP is a weekly planning session. Back in episode four, I talked about how to win your week in 30 minutes or less by designing a weekly planning session. And I wasn't joking. This is seriously the key to a smooth, less stressful, calm, cool, and collected week. Basically, a weekly planning session is a routine that you perform once a week. During your weekly planning session, you move through a series of steps scanning the week ahead and making several decisions about what you're going to do, when you're going to do it, and what obstacles might be in your way. Your weekly planning session is the perfect time to look ahead and review your calendar, identifying those tough spots in the week ahead. What days might you have to work late? What days do you have evening meetings, volunteer activities, or kids dance class or sports practice? Do you have any big work deadlines or projects due? So based on that overview, plan your meals for the week. Have an evening meeting, 
cook something the night before that makes leftovers. So all you have to do is pop it in the microwave. Decide which day you'll make a slow cooker meal. Know that you're going to be totally spent after a long day at work. Decide in advance that you'll just order pizza that night. Without getting into the nitty gritty details of meal planning, I'll save that for another episode. Use your calendar overview during your weekly planning session to plan your meals. And once you plan your meals, make your grocery list. And once you make your grocery list, make your grocery order for delivery or pickup. Grocery delivery services like Shipt and Instacart are so incredibly convenient and save you so much time. You can even go to abouttimepodcast.com forward slash shipped, that's S-H-I-P-T, to save $50 on an annual membership to Shipt. That's what we use and we love it. But back to your weekly planning session. Once you've scoped out your week ahead, planned meals, made your grocery list, and put in your grocery order, you can add on any number of things. You'll hear my friend Rachel in an upcoming episode talk about picking out her kids' school clothes for the whole week on Sundays. My friend Liz does what she calls a mind sweep every Sunday that allows her to clear out any of the leftover ideas, to-dos, and cliffhangers from the past week so she can head into Monday with a fresh start. Now, I'll bet you're itching to put these routines into action. You're ready to nail your morning routine, prep for rest with your evening routine, start up and shut down your workday, and win your week with your weekly planning session. But how do you make it happen? Kind of like those Toy Tiger halftime routines, it takes trial and error and practice. First, regardless of which routine you're mapping out, Start by thinking through what your perfect version would look like. What would you include? Next, write out on a piece of paper each step you'd like to include in your routine. Try to keep it simple at first and make it easy for yourself to stick to. Designing a 27-point morning routine when you've never had one before is a fast track to getting overwhelmed and throwing it in the trash. Then, Estimate how much time you think each step will take you. Five minutes? 20 minutes? Add that time frame to your paper. The next step is to choose what time you want to start your routine or what time you want to end it. For a morning routine, you'll probably want to start with the end time. When do you need to walk out of the door in order to make it to the office on time? Same with your evening routine. If you're trying to lights out by a certain time and get your beauty sleep, you might pick your end time. Or you could use a milestone like 9 p.m. as your start time and map your routine from 9 p.m. until you finish. Using your morning routine as an example, let's say you want to end by 7 a.m. Using the estimated time for each section of your routine as a guide, Work your way backwards, reverse engineer, and write down what time you'd need to start each section of your routine until you get to the beginning. You might find that the only way to realistically do every single step in your picture-perfect morning routine 
would be to wake up at 4.30 a.m. Now, if you want to wake up at 4.30 a.m., more power to you. I have triathlete friends who wake up at 4.30 a.m. all the time to go running and swimming, and it's no big deal to them. Me, on the other hand, I would prefer not to. But if you realize, like me, that that's not what you want, it's time to tweak. Just ask yourself, what can you cut or rearrange? Maybe you move that to another part of the day. So once you've figured out a routine that seems realistic, write out or type up a fresh copy with the start time for each section and put it somewhere that you'll see it. Your bathroom mirror, on a sticky note at your desk, just somewhere as long as it's visible. And then it's time for trial and error. Work your way through your routine. And then ask yourself, you know, what worked? What didn't? What took more time or less time than you expected? It's okay if it doesn't go perfectly the first or second time. It probably won't. Most things in life aren't going to go perfectly anyway. And we all have a really hard time estimating how long things are going to take. Just use your routine as a guide and stick to it as best as you can. It's the practice the repetition, and the consistency that will turn your routine into an easy breezy, natural feeling rhythm of your life. So there you have it. The difference between habits and routines, the five must-have routines that you need in your life right now, a morning routine, an evening routine, a workday startup, a workday shutdown, and a weekly planning session. And plus, we covered the exact steps you can take to design a routine that sticks. Red lipstick, sequins, and high ponytail, optional. I'd love to know if you decide to start a new routine after listening to this episode. Head over to the It's About Time podcast community at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash community and tell me all about it. And don't forget to head to the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 17 for links to the resources mentioned in this episode, including $50 off an annual membership to shipped grocery delivery, as well as the totally free exclusive to listeners 14 page workbook that details the exact steps mentioned in this episode for designing the five must have routines so they finally stick once and for all. Before we go, let me tell you real quick about next week's episode of It's About Time, episode 18. Episode 18 features Sarah Becker of Sarah Becker Photography. Sarah is a serious ray of sunshine money management guru who talks 90 miles a minute, owns three businesses, I think she might own more than that, and is on a first name basis with her local librarian. Sarah and I dig into why it's okay to chase multiple dreams at once and how she set herself up to step away from work in order to travel for a huge chunk of 2019. Trust me, you are going to love Sarah and everything she has to share about her life and how she does all the things. 
All right, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.